I thought about it before. I remember exactly what post he's talking about. And I remember thinking like, ah, this is stupid. I'm not going to post it. And then I thought to myself, you know, maybe it'll help somebody. So I'll share it. And lo and behold, it helps somebody not take their life. So you never know who's watching. Welcome to the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show with your host, Jerry Saber. Hi, my name is Jerry Saver, and you're listening to episode 51 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show, a podcast for and about the people who are creating a plant-based future where you can get inspired, learn from their experience and their approach, and find out what works when you're setting up your own vegan business. Now, you've probably heard that for a brand, if you don't have a social media presence, you don't exist. Now, this could be argued, but it's definitely true that it adds a powerful dimension to your identity when it's done right. And of course, flipped around, a strong social media presence can be a very solid foundation for launching a brand. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. My guest, Nimai Delgado, is an IFBB prorated bodybuilder, and he has a combined social media following the size of a small country. He's never eaten meat in his life, and he's featured in The Game Changers, the new documentary on top-level vegan athletes co-produced by James Cameron. I'm really looking forward to that movie, by the way, but today we're not going to be talking about how Nimai got so ripped, or maybe a little bit. This talk is about building and growing your brand on social media and beyond. So, Nimai, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this one because normally we talk about what you previously mentioned, how to get ripped and everything else. So this is going to be a different style of interview that uh, I think is going to benefit a lot of people. Yeah, that's the idea. And well, just talking about being ripped and all, I, I know that you just had a grueling couple of months and you basically, you just did two competitions back to back. So um, thanks for taking the time for, for doing this again. Yeah, of course. It was, it was a tough gauntlet, but especially with traveling and all the other stuff I have going on. But ultimately, bodybuilding is my platform. Or it's my main platform for showing the masses that, you know, you can be vegan, you can be a bodybuilder, you can be whatever you want to be. So that always takes priority for me. Yeah, and also showing that you can do this without any meat because you were actually raised vegetarian. And I think that for, for starting this, if we go way back to your parents' story, that would be a pretty good way to, to get into this talk. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd love to talk about my parents. They're my heroes. So the more I can mention them, the better. They're my inspiration. Everything I do in life is inspired by them. My work ethic, my mission, my drive, everything is, is inspired by them because... They have quite an inspirational story as well. Before my parents met, my mom was, she went vegetarian at 15. She was born and raised in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, along with my dad. But at that time, she had a boyfriend who owned a slaughterhouse. The meat industry is very big in Argentina. It's what they're known for. They're known for their beef, their steak, everything else. And my mom was over at her boyfriend's house one day. And not necessarily as a joke, but for whatever reason, he wanted to show her what it's like to slaughter a pig. And he performed that act in front of her and she was scarred by it. And she immediately said that I'll never eat another animal in my life. And uh, that's what she stuck to. And that she made that decision at 15. And um, she met my dad years later. And ironically, they were both raised Catholic in Argentina and they found Hinduism. And one of the concepts of Hinduism is the concept of a human 
which basically means you live a life of nonviolence. And that starts on your plate. Basically, I'm not consuming flesh. You don't contribute to that violence, essentially. So they renounced all material possessions. They decided to devote their entire life to Hinduism, spreading this message and becoming more connected with God. And um, that's kind of the story of how they got started into this lifestyle. Long story short, they had my brother and sister in South America, and then I was born in, in the United States, and that's how I was raised. I was raised in a temple in South Mississippi in the middle of nowhere. We had our own self-sustaining garden. We had our, our cow pastures from our rescue cows. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the environment that I was raised in until I was about seven years old. And then I kind of assimilated more into the Southern culture, but still never lost that value of staying true to who I was. And I had that connection of where meat came from. From a very early age, I was conscious that an animal had to die to get on my plate. And it just made sense for me. I was like, huh, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't want anything to suffer for me. Yeah, that's kind of why the reason I, I was, I, many people are just like skeptical. They're like, you never got interested in trying it. You never tempted to try it. And I'm like, look, I'm not denying the fact that meat probably tastes good. You know, everybody rants and raves about it. But for me, nothing could taste as good as knowing that something else had to suffer and die for my convenience. Absolutely. So that was, um, I didn't even know that there were Hindu temples way down south in, in the United States. I thought that you were actually born and raised in California. It's funny because I get that a lot. I get that typical, you look like Captain America, all American, you know, white guy with blue eyes. And the reality is it's like I'm from Argentinian heritage. My spiritual background is Hindu. And I was born and raised in South Mississippi on a, in a Hindu temple, basically a Hindu combine in the middle of Southern Baptist country. It definitely made life a little bit challenging growing up, dealing with some of those social issues. But there are temples all over the world, and I just happen to be raised in that one. <laughs> nice. How did that feel? I mean, growing up without meat in a culture that's so permeated and dominated by animal products? Uh, well... You know, the old nature versus nurture thing, right? I mean, we're, we're molded by our environment. And luckily, my parents were devoted enough to teach their children some core concepts that, that are still with me today. You know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, and don't cause suffering. Those are some of the, the core concepts that I was kind of stuck with throughout my entire life. So regardless of, like, the social problems and social challenges growing up, getting invited to barbecues, getting invited to birthday parties and, and all these things, kids making fun of me, putting meat in my face saying, Oh, you want to taste this burger? Like I'll give you a hundred dollars to eat meat." You know, the typical stuff that vegans typically deal with now I was dealing with my whole life. It taught me to be resilient. It, it taught me to understand that not everybody has the same viewpoints as me. And And some people don't want to have the same viewpoint. Some people don't care to hear your side of the story. So it just made me comfortable with who I am as a person, what kind of character I have and uh, what my values were and, and not compromising those values just to please somebody else. And I think that's kind of what helped propel me in what I'm doing now, because if I didn't have that kind of character building at such a young age, and maybe I wouldn't be doing this now. So when you're talking about character building, you're talking about all those confrontations and all those people who basically get in your face with, with burgers. Exactly. You know, I, I could either get in fistfights. I could do, I mean, you could do all of these things, but then you realize that the, the, 
the point is mute. There's, there's no point in, in fighting somebody or trying to convince somebody of something that they don't want convincing. They don't want to hear it. So I just learned how to kind of keep to myself about the subject and live my own life essentially. And when the topic got brought up, I would either deflect it or if somebody was genuinely interested, I'd, I'd talk about it, but that was few and far between that. I just kind of got so used, almost ashamed of bringing it up because I just didn't want to deal with the conflict. Yeah. For most of us who are vegan, it's a transition, you know, at some point in life, your, your eyes open, you, you realize what's happening to the animals in our food system, how they're abused for everything else that we do. So this is like a set of values that we discover at some point and you, you were pretty much born with it. You know, you, you had them built in. So how do you even see that, especially when you compare it to other people? You know what we were just talking about. Yeah. You know what you, you say that, but I still had some awakening to do as a, as an individual too. You know, I was vegetarian for 25 years before I even had the thought of, you know, where does milk come from or, you know, is eating dairy wrong or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like all these other animal byproducts where the animal doesn't necessarily have to die, but you know, you're still contributing to that suffering in that system. So I understand when people are just unaware of it, you know, sometimes people just don't think, Hey, where, where, where does this come from? You know, maybe I should do a little investigation and, you know, backtrack to see what the actual source of what's on my plate or what, what's in this ingredient on this label, you know I'm saying? Not many people think that way. So I kind of had that awakening, I guess you could say uh, a little over three years ago where I just stumbled across a video on Facebook or I don't even remember where maybe I, I had seen something about health or something about, I don't know. I can't even tell you, but I stumbled across a video and it kind of made me open my eyes as to what was going on behind the dairy industry and how cows are impregnated forcefully uh, to produce milk. Once they're pregnant, they have their children. The calves are separated from the mother. They're used for another industry altogether. Then the mother cows are, are basically locked in a cage and have their juices sucked from them until they're dried out. And then once they're dried out, they're sent to the meat factory where they become beef. You know, And once you put things into the big perspective, you're like, is that all really necessary for me to enjoy my cereal? it's like, or for me to enjoy a slice of cheese on my sandwich. I, once I realized that I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to contribute to this anymore. And the best way to stop a cycle like that from happening is to take away the money, right? At, at the end of the day, money is the bottom line for a lot of these companies. And if you can affect their bottom line then you can affect the company. And that's what many people don't understand is that we have that power of investment with our dollar. And by investing it, or paying for a service, you invest into that company. So you have to choose your investments wisely. And that's why it's so important to invest in companies that are doing something else, but using alternative cheeses, alternative milks, or whatever the alternative product may be to help kill that other company, essentially. Yeah. And obviously, somewhere along the way, I would assume that you got a lot more open about expressing your views and um, talking to people about veganism. You said that growing up, you were sometimes kind of ashamed. But right now, you said that, well, bodybuilding is your biggest platform, but you're still showing people what you do and who you are and, and what's possible. It wasn't until I started bodybuilding that I really became open about it because it was a question I avoided for so long. You know, why don't you eat meat? It's just something that I, I was so accustomed to 
not talking about, but the moment somebody asked me a question about it, I would just deflect it. And what happened was, is that same time I gave up dairy and all animal byproducts, I went full vegan. It was the same time I started training more rigorously. I started learning more about nutrition and I really considered that the start of my bodybuilding career because I structured everything and I came in, I approached it with a plan and I decided to do my first show within a few months I had trained prepped for a show and won it. So I won the entire thing. I won the overall. And what happened was this is what happens after you win a show. People come up to you and they ask you, what did you train? What supplements you took and what did you eat? So now I had all these people coming at me saying, what did you eat? What did you eat? And I'd be honest with them. I'd say, you know, I did it my way and I did it without eating any animal byproduct. I didn't do it the typical way where they eat chicken, they eat fish, they eat whey protein shakes, they eat egg whites, you know, all these animal proteins that are very heavily influenced in the bodybuilding community. I was, I was doing it without anything. So people became, normally two things happen. You know, people were in such disbelief. They were like, yeah, whatever, bullshit, you're lying. Or it was, tell me more. Like, I need to know more. And that's kind of when I understood that there was a need for it. And if I could help convert even one person, then that footprint would be less. And it would help create a ripple effect. And maybe that one person could go on to inspire another person. And that's when I decided. I was like, you know what? I am who I am. This is, I'm tired of like being ashamed or hiding who I am. I'm just going to embrace my background and my, my beliefs and share it with the world. And if my circle gets smaller, then it's about quality over quantity. I don't mind if I have less friends because the friends that stick around are there for the right reasons. And they have similar viewpoints with me. And as a vegan, you, you understand what that concept is like because you know when you're in your own tribe you feel a lot more yourself than when you're outside of that tribe and you're dealing with people kind of poking at you and questioning your every your every move so i decided to own it and after that it just snowballed i never expected to be where i am today just by deciding at one point in my life to eliminate a certain part of my diet now here i am a professional bodybuilder featured in documentaries featured in muscle and fitness, winning bodybuilding shows, competing against the best in the world, and using my voice as a platform to inspire hundreds of thousands of people to try this diet. You know, and this is one person. So if I can inspire another person that has the same kind of drive or same kind of mission, then that person could go on to inspire millions, and that's what would create this ripple effect. So it really bugs me when somebody says, oh, yeah, just by going vegan, you think you're going to change the world? I say, yeah, I do. I believe that 100%. I'm a big proponent and don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't make a difference by being one person. Those singularities are the people that actually change the world. And when you started with bodybuilding, you said that you decided to do your first show about the same time that you actually became vegan. But I'm, I'm guessing that you, that wasn't just from zero to one in, in a couple of weeks. So what actually brought you to bodybuilding? I'm having a slightly hard time to, you know, align that with your Hindu upbringing in, in South Mississippi. So how did those steps happen? It's a bit of a ironic statement to say that you're like, you know, a spiritual bodybuilder or, or something like that, because normally in Hinduism, you learn that you are not the body, right? You're the soul within the body. This is just a big meat vessel where Once you die, your soul goes into another meat vessel 
or whatever it may be. So with that in mind, the whole reason why I started bodybuilding was for personal reasons. It was, it was strictly personal. I left my life in the Southern part of the United States, accepted a job offer in California, uprooted everything, packed what I could in my car and went to basically a town where I'd never been to start a job where I didn't know anybody or anybody in the town. And out of boredom, I ended up going to the gym a little bit more. And I really liked working on myself and I started to see results. And I was like, this is fun. Instead of like finding some other kind of destructive habit, like going out and drinking every weekend, I was going to the gym more and I was learning and researching. And it was like another fun project because like in school, I had project after project after project. But then when I started my career, it was like, you know, there, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. It was just like, okay, now it's your career. Just, just do this until, you know, you retire. But what about the like fulfillment, you know, like what about that personal fulfillment and finding like a hobby or, or something that I was really passionate about? It just ended up becoming the gym. Yeah. It's kind of how I, how I found bodybuilding, I guess you could say is just out of, out of boredom and a different series of events that kind of pushed me to, to work on myself. And then you found veganism and then you won your first competition. Now this, this is a vegan business podcast, but like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people still want to know how exactly you approach this. So if you just, let's take a couple minutes to just go into the details of how you prepared for that. And then we're going to start talking about the business part of it. Yeah, definitely. So when I prepared for my first show, I did a lot of research on like I was, I, I made it hard for myself. Like not only was I preparing for a bodybuilding show, which I knew nothing about, I also just went vegan. So I was like, okay, my main protein sources that I was getting, which was whey, whey shakes, whey protein shakes, uh, Greek yogurt, and different products that had whey or something in it that was like loaded with protein. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? And that's when I started learning about plant-based nutrition and really doing my research and realizing that you don't need as much protein as what's advertised to you. The more research I did, the more science supported that. And I kind of questioned why is protein such a hot topic when it comes to bodybuilding and such the fo like it's such a focus in bodybuilding when in reality you don't need as much as what's advertised to you. And then you start opening up the big picture and you see that, you know, maybe you're being marketed to buy something that has a large margin and they can sell it to you in thoughts of convincing you that if you eat more protein, you're going to get bigger. And there is some truth to that statement, but there's also a way about being efficient and not overdoing it because that can cause health side effects. And from a bodybuilding perspective, you want to utilize your calories best, essentially. So if you're overeating on protein, you're not converting it to muscle, like flat out. You're either converting it to fat or you're expelling the excess amino acids and everything. You're not utilizing it. So where's the efficiency there? You could use those calories elsewhere, like carbohydrates or fats, who can also bring to the table a lot more than just carbs and fats. They can bring to the table micronutrients. They can bring to the table, you know, things that help repair your body better rather than strictly just protein by itself. So in that realization, I hired a coach just to kind of help guide me. And what he did was he gave me macros, which basically, if you don't know what a macronutrient is, it, it talks about protein, carbohydrates, or fats. And that's kind of what makes up your calorie intake throughout the day. And you can divide up how much protein you get per day 
how much cal—I mean, carbs you get per day and how much fat you get per day, but there's a million different ways to do it. And I found out what worked best for me. He was telling me what percentage ratio to break down, and I was kind of manipulating it to what the science showed me. And once I found that, it was just following a system. And I used that system. I replaced my protein sources with beans, lentils, tofu, tempeh, plant-based protein shakes, and a combination of all the other foods that I was eating. And it worked out great. Like I came on stage eight weeks later, I was dry. You know, I had incredible muscle definition and I wasn't as big as I am today because I started a much, you know, smaller point. Um, But after that, then I learned how to utilize that same concept, how to build muscle instead of just cutting down. And I mean, it's just a matter of doing your research and finding out what works best for you because there is no cookie cutter approach when it comes to nutrition. Nutrition is such an individualized person specific program that you can use other people's guidelines, but until you do your research, you apply it and then you tweak it and adjust it, you're never going to know what works. Right. And of course I, I really like what you said about the, um, the whole protein issue, especially within the bodybuilding industry, because, um, imagine that when, when people started approaching you after that, and um, you said that there's a segment of people who simply don't believe what, what you're telling them, right? So how about the, all the brands that are present in, in the fitness industry, especially the brands producing sports supplements? How do they view this kind of nutrition? Because obviously it's, it's also a sector that's getting bigger. There's a lot of vegan supplement brands out there. So how, how do the, the other players feel about the competition coming in from, from our side of the field? I think they're catching on finally, but not necessarily because they believe it. I think that they're trying to tap into a market that's untapped because it's becoming trending. And I see this more and more because I see the quality of the products that they're putting out. And from a vegan's perspective, who's done the research and knows what Plant-based nutrition is not necessarily something that you just can read one book on or read one article on and understand, hey, if I put together a pea protein supplement and slap vegan on it, then people will buy it because now there's a whole load of new vegans on the market and they're looking for plant-based supplements. It's like that's the wrong approach. They're trying to fill, trying to create a product that's based on a need just to put something and sell it on the market instead of creating a product that's actually addressing the problem and creating a quality product. So, you know, with all these new companies that are releasing plant-based lines and natural lines, this is what makes me laugh is that like big name supplement companies are coming out with new lines and calling it the natural vegan line and promoting it like crazy. Like what were you selling before? (laughs) Were you selling the unnatural line? It's so obvious to me that they're just trying to tap into this market by, by claiming it's natural, vegan, friendly, and all this stuff, but it doesn't mean it's a quality product. You, you really have to do your research, especially when it comes to supplements. Supplements is one of the most, like, they put out the most misinformation out there. They lie about what a supplement can do. They reference clinical studies that don't necessarily say what they're claiming, or they're forgetting to mention X, Y, Z that completely negates what the claim is. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So many people just don't do that research. They just trust companies and say, Hey, this, this new product on here says it burns fat. It says it builds muscle. 
I don't know what's in it, but I'm just going to take it and, and let the supplement gods rain down gains. But it doesn't work like that, you know? So I would say that uh, I'm a skeptical of a lot of these companies, but I'm a skeptic because I like to, I like to do my research. And once you do your research, just like the same way I became conscious of where meat comes from, I became conscious of where everything comes from. And once you research things, you, you, you see things for what they are. What about on the other side, on our side, if we call it that way, let's call them proper vegan nutrition companies are coming in. How do you view that part of the equation? Are they better in general? Are they also committing some of these mistakes? Both. I mean, no, no industry is pure. Like I said, the supplement industry is a very profitable billion dollar industry for a reason, because you can make something for cheap and sell it for a lot of money and convince people that you know, your product is the best product, but the vegan lines that are, that have been around for a while, they have some good quality products, you know what I'm saying? But they're relatively unknown. Uh, they're few and far between. And I think that with this new surge of curious vegans or, you know, veg curious is what I call them, the people that aren't vegan yet, but are willing to try the vegan supplements because they want to know whether or not it works for them. I think that things will only get better. So if this market's been untapped and you've had, you know, Vega kind of leading the, the industry for since 2003 or whenever, whenever Vega came out, I don't know. They were kind of the premier, most, most known vegan supplement company out there. You know, anytime somebody asks me about supplements, they're like, yeah, I, I just bought Vega. Or like, what about Vega? And it's like, Vega is a good product. I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about other supplement companies. You know what I'm saying? Like, There's a million of them. Everybody has their faults. Everybody's got something good about them, something bad. But I just hope that with this new surge of new vegans, that it will challenge these companies to put out the best quality products and weed out some of those ones that aren't. And of course, the bottom line is that vegan bodybuilding is definitely getting big. It's not going anywhere. And of course, you've got something big happening there as well, right? I do. We didn't mention this before, but I was an engineer and I went to school for engineering. I spent five years in university getting my mechanical engineering degree. And then I went to work for an oil company for another five years. And what engineering taught me was how to approach a problem, how to create a system to optimize it. And that's kind of what engineers do. They look at the big picture. They look where efficiencies can be made. And then they create a system to make it work smoothly. Bodybuilding is the same thing. You approach it a certain way, you collect the data, you see what works, and then you adapt to refine it. And I've been using that system for the past three years to help me grow size, help me shred down, and you kind of understand the process once you've done it for so long. So I recently decided to quit engineering because, first of all, I wasn't in love with engineering. It was more of a means of income rather than a means of fulfillment. And once I saw that opportunity that I could help people because I was getting reached out to so much that I didn't have time. Like I was working nine, 10 hours a day as an engineer, coming home, going to the gym for two hours, trying to maintain a relationship and then had a thousand people asking me for help. And I was like, I just can't do it. So finally I made that jump and commitment to really helping people. And that's when I decided to come up with some kind of system to help as many people as possible. So me and a partner decided to launch a website called veganfitness.com. 
And essentially, this website is going to use our personal expertise that we've developed over you know, the past few years, as well as some of the most influential people in the game right now, as far as the medical industry goes, you know, the leading doctors that are pushing this movement and really driving this movement from a medical perspective. And then we're also going to tie that together with the people who are driving it from the athlete perspective and then kind of merge those two together and have one centralized resource where you can get the correct science-based factual information uh, in regards to protein, in regards to supplementation, in regards to training program, how to structure diets that are based around your particular goals and provide that service to the people. So essentially that's what veganfitness.com is going to do. So who we can talk about this? I mean, I know the website right now, you're pretty close to, to launching it. I know you still have just the opt-in page up, but I know that when we yeah. last spoke, you you were pretty close to, to putting it out. So um Who's behind it? And if you don't mind going a bit deeper into the whole service behind that as well, that'd be great to know. Yeah, of course. My partner, is his name is Stephen Poot, and he runs the Instagram page, Vegan Bodybuilding. He also runs a website called Rise with the Vegan, puts out different articles about plant-based news or vegan news, references different clinical studies and kind of the newer studies that are coming out in regards to veganism. So He's also a content creator slash investigator slash activist. So he, he was a really good partner to meet up with. He's also a software engineer, which made programming a website a lot easier. <laughs> so he, he's my partner in this endeavor. And he's also a very well-versed as far as plant-based nutrition goes. He's also a vegetarian since birth and vegan for over six years, which we kind of had that connection. And I hadn't really met that many people before. So he, he was raised kind of a similar way to me where his parents were both vegetarian. And after a life incident, he decided to go vegan. So me and him are the main proponents for veganfitness.com. And we're bringing on some other doctors like Dr. Angie Fidegi. She's a gastroenterologist that specializes in optimizing gut health and optimizing hormones. She's a very smart doctor. She puts out great content and we thought she'd be a really good fit. We also have another dietitian, David Goldman, who has more certificates, everything I can't even name, but he's going to be one of our board of advisors as well. And he's going to be reviewing all of our nutritional programs before we set them out and give them the stamp of approval. So we have the right players involved, but mainly what we're concerned with is providing enough information for people who are interested in a plant-based lifestyle but don't know where to start or people who are already plant-based but don't know how to optimize their diets. The core of our mission with veganfitness.com is to provide that service. So we'll be offering meal plans that are structured to that particular individual, that particular goal, and a way to optimize those meal plans. We're not just going to give you one meal plan and say, here it is, go follow it until the end of time and figure out the rest. We're going to be there to support you through the this whole process because nutrition isn't an exact science. Like I was mentioning, you know, you, you follow something for two weeks and then you plateau. Your body is one of the most adaptive machines out there. So you have to keep figuring out what works and forcing your body to do what it wants. So the only way to do that is to change your approach. So with veganfitness.com, we'll be there to support you and we'll be there to change your diet. And uh, it'll be like a subscription-based website where We'll be there to support you throughout the entire way and continuously monitor your diet, see what's working, have a profile for you, you know, track all your changes, your body compositional changes, your, your weight loss progress, your strength gains, everything. 
and have that all in one place to create a sense of community as well. Because I feel like that's what's lacking most is, you know, when somebody's new to a vegan or new to veganism, they don't know where to go. They don't know what, what website to go to to find resources for it. And they don't necessarily have any support system because it's like an individual approaching this whole new lifestyle. It's overwhelming. I mean, it's like trying to build a house with no blueprints. Like you have to have the blueprints there to help guide you and direct you along the way. So that's what we're here for. Obviously, we'll be there for nutrition, but also for training using what I've learned and developed over the, you know, the last three and a half years, four years of training. And not just myself, we'll, we'll bring on different athletes and we'll have different style training, whether you want to be a bodybuilder, whether you want to be a calisthenic expert, whether you want to just do body weight exercises or be an ultra runner. Uh, we're not just looking at the gym. We're looking at it as a lifestyle and everything fitness involved. Right. And obviously, as you mentioned before, and I think it was in December when we spoke at the VegFest in, in Cancun, you told me that you just quit that engineering job. So That means right now you're focusing 100% on building your own brand. Yeah, you know, I was too. This is what happened. I went to London in October and gave a speech in front of a couple hundred people. And afterwards, I realized what kind of impact I was, made, I was making, you know, and how curious people were and how many people looked at me for information. So after meeting thousands of people, speaking in front of a couple hundred people, I was so inspired and I was, I was hungry for, to reach more people and help more people. And then I came back home and I clocked into work at 6.30 and I started talking about the same, like nobody at work knew what I did. I didn't really talk about it much at work at this new job I was at. And um, I just felt like a sense of depression. You know, I felt a sense of almost panic. And I was like, what am I doing? I was just in another country helping hundreds of people and I was the happiest time of my life. And then I came back home to the sober reality of spending nine hours in front of a computer screen Oh, like, this isn't for me. My time on this planet should be spent doing something I love and something I believe in. After feeling that sense of claustrophobia, I literally went straight to my boss's office and I put in my two weeks. I went to him and I said, look, I got a, you know, a bomb to drop on you, but I'm putting in my two weeks. And he was like, what? Like he was really kind of taken back. And we had a conversation and he was like, well, what are you going to be doing? And like, I, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to explain. This is his words. He goes, so after I try to explain it to him, he's like, so you're quitting to be a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the gist of it. Yeah. I was like, I mean, in a sense, yeah, but there's much more to it, you know? And he's like, all right, man. He's like, even if I don't understand what you're doing, you seem like you're passionate about it. And, you know, not many people have the, the balls to quit such a stable job to go pursue their dream. So you, what better time to do it when you're young? And You know, you got to strike while the iron's hot, you know, veganism isn't going anywhere. And I see a real potential in, you know, offering help and also making it a lifestyle for me, like a sustainable business lifestyle. And the, I'm a true believer in capitalism too. And if you provide a service for somebody and if you're helping the world and if you can make money and if you're fulfilled, then that's the ultimate dream. Yeah, absolutely. So how have the last, you know, two to three months been since, since you did that? busy. You wouldn't expect when you quit a job, you know, you actually end up working more. I was working nine hours a day at that job, but whenever I clocked out, I was done. Like it was, it was me time. Like I wouldn't think about that job, you know, I'd ask for an email here and there, but it was, it was separated. Now as an entrepreneur, I mean, it, you went from a nine hour job to a 24 hour job essentially 
because you're working nonstop around the clock. Everything I do is fully focused on making vegan fitness the best possible website out there, reaching as many people, creating content, going to different countries to give speeches and inspire people, sponsorship deals to help support me do all this stuff until I get on my feet with, with vegan fitness. And uh, it's been a journey, man. I've been in three, four different countries. I've been all over the place. I've been doing shows, traveling nonstop and been blessed enough to have opportunities keep coming to me. So I believe in karma. So hopefully by me helping other people, the universe will, will send that back to me. It usually does. Yeah. But even so, man, just combining everything that, that you're doing with, with your shows and then building up vegan fitness and of course, creating all the content and talking and reaching people. I mean, I mentioned in, in the intro that you're absolutely crushing it on Instagram. I mean, you've got what, over 200,000 followers on your main account. You've got over a hundred thousand on your food and nutrition account. I would imagine you've been doing that parallel for some time now as well. Yeah, definitely. I've been doing Instagram for like three years. Basically, if you go back to like my very first post, I don't even know when it was like 2015, maybe late 2014, something like that. The first post I made was actually about like veganism. I've been doing it for a while, you know what I'm saying? But it took me two years to get to like 30,000 followers. And then after that, within the last eight, nine months, I've shot up 100,000 followers. It's a testament to how many people are interested in veganism and how many people are looking for that information and inspiration and motivation. And that's something I've been doing on the side parallel to engineering for a long time. But now that I'm fully focused on creating content and doing everything, it's just exponential. Once you fully invest your efforts into something, you can really make that flourish. And that was my problem with engineering was that I was one foot in, one foot out. Mm -hmm. I was spending my day doing something I didn't want to do and then spending a fraction of my day doing the things that I did want to do. But I still managed to build up such an audience and such a, a splash in this movement that I thought, I've got something here. Why not? Like, if I'm going to fail at something, I'm going to fail at trying to do something that I love. I'd rather do that. In my mind, doing something that I don't like for the next 30 years, like that's a failure too. And failing at something you don't want to do is much worse in my opinion. Yeah, man, there's so much that I can relate to here because you probably don't know, but this podcast was actually started in a very similar situation. I was working a job that was anywhere from six to 12 hours per day and just putting in the time whenever I could to, to get this off the ground. The only difference is that I actually really enjoyed my job, but it wasn't, it wasn't moving the needle for anything on a larger scale. I wasn't really making an impact on the world. So that step, when, when you just hand in your notice and you decide to, to go for what you know would really make the biggest difference, it's scary, but it's so fulfilling when you can actually do that. Here's the thing that people don't realize too, is that your thoughts make a huge difference on your, your overall personality, right? Is like your thoughts dictate how you act. And each thought is like a, considered a bank account. You have your good thoughts and your bad thoughts, right? If you go to work for nine hours of your day and you talk about things you don't want to talk about, you're doing things you don't want to do, you're talking to people you don't necessarily care to talk to. All of those negative thoughts, they build up into this bank account, right? And that weighs heavy on your mind. 
once you rid yourself of those thoughts and everything that you're focusing on is how can I do this better? You know, like, Oh, I'm hungry to learn. I just learned this new thing or I want to apply it. And like, there's this new opportunity that I'm going to like, you know, it's going to take some effort, but I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. Like your overall life just gets better. And I know you can relate to this because now you're doing something that you love to do. You wake up excited instead of waking up dreadful. And that, I mean, that's a, that has an impact on your health. Essentially, it has an impact on your mental health, on your physical health, everything. So people don't realize that. People live a whole lifetime of not realizing that. And the quicker you can come to that epiphany, you can change your entire life. And like I can say, those last three, four months that I've been not working as an engineer, I can honestly say I've been the happiest months of my life. That shows that that transcends just like happiness. It allows more opportunities to come through. You know, the universe recognizes the vibration that you're putting out there and the efforts that you're putting out there and it attracts those same opportunities to you. So that entire time you've been fighting it and kind of one foot in, one foot out with this other job or whatever you're doing, you're deflecting those opportunities and you're, you're, you're sending them away instead of bringing them to you. So that's what I'm saying when I mean opportunities are coming raining in is because I'm fully focused now. I'm fully invested. There's no turning back. Like I said, I, I can fully relate to that. I have another question on those efforts that you're putting in because I would imagine, and, and the way that we actually started this interview, you said, can you hold just a second because I need to post this at this exact time. So the, do you approach your social media presence the same way as you approached your bodybuilding, doing the research, figuring out what works, and then just tweaking the system to improve the results? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, like I said, I do my research and everything. Instagram is a system. You can figure out the system and you can play by its rules. So if I have to post at a certain time every day, because I know that that's when I get the most engagement and I know that by getting the most engagement is going to generate more of a footprint on other people's pages and on the explore page and everything else. And they can have more likelihood of coming across my page and then being exposed to the information that I'm sharing. And I'm going to have to follow it. So you know, regardless of what I'm doing, if nine o'clock rolls around, I'm posting something. And then if 12 o'clock rolls around, I'm posting something because I found that's what works best for me. And not only just posting something, but posting something that creates some value in somebody's life. There's a million guys out there that post shirtless photos all day and they look 10 times better than me, but they're not providing any value. It's more of a, I guess you could say like a vanity thing where they're just more worried about getting likes and telling people that they look great rather than helping people and providing information to help somebody else look that way and apply those same methods so that they can look that way and feel better about themselves and be more confident. So it's all about value creation in social media. If you really want to make it, you know, there are people out there that just want to look at a pretty person, you know, <laughs> and the millions of followers, but then you, you look at their content. If they were to grow old, would those people still follow you? Once that beauty fades, are people still going to care about you? No. So what I'm hearing here is that even though Instagram is such a visual channel, it's still the content that you're putting out as a full package. So the whole combination of picture and the content that you're writing, that's, that makes the biggest impact. Definitely. I can attest to that too, because, you know, my body is essentially a business card for veganism. But some of the messages I put out there have a greater effect than just simply, you know, inspiring somebody to, to look better. 
there are so many people out there that have come up to me and said that I've changed their life just by a simple caption that I've written. And I'll never forget a story that I mentioned this on another podcast about a, a person coming up to me and saying that a post I made saved their life. Like they were planning on taking their life that day. And it was a post that I wasn't even going to post. I thought about it before. I remember exactly what post he's talking about. And I remember thinking like, ah, this is stupid. I'm not going to post it. And then I thought to myself, you know, maybe it'll help somebody. So I'll share it. And lo and behold, it helped somebody not take their life. So you never know who's watching and you never know what kind of impact you're making because even though you might have 10,000 likes, maybe 30,000 people saw it and they don't feel the need to like it or 30,000 people read it and they don't feel the need to comment on it, but they're still listening and they're still watching. So I always try to, to remember that with everything I post. Well, that's a powerful one. First of all, Facebook is notorious for, for limiting reach for for pages. And these days you hear a lot of people complaining that Instagram is, is doing the same. So have you seen any of that happening to you or do you have ways to get around that and keep Instagram happy? I try to stay on top as far as like algorithm changes and different things that can get you kind of banned or shadow banned, what they call on Instagram, because Instagram is slowly becoming more and more of a business tool and less of a personal social media and they recognize that so they want you to use their tools and they're going to reward the people that are using their tools like paid promotional posts different things of that nature and you kind of have to learn how to play by their games and stay ahead of the game because if not they'll make you have less exposure to your audience and that's the last thing you want if you know your business is dependent on reaching your audience so it, it behooves you to to be on top of that yeah. And when you're talking about tools, do you use the paid ad postings as well at all? Because I know that for me, one of the biggest revelations in terms of Facebook was when I spoke to these two guys from, from the UK who have created Bosch and they, they built it up with no advertising at all, just by creating exactly the kind of content that, that Facebook wants to see. So are you following a similar approach there or how are you playing this game? Well, I, I've always had that same approach of just creating valuable content that people would actually want to follow. So it's something they could take away from each post. I may not be up to date with all of the Instagram, Facebook algorithms and what, they're, what exactly they're looking for, but I feel like as long as you stick to that, then you'll always have an audience that you can speak to and you can relate to. As far as Instagram ads and stuff like that, I've never messed with them and I continue to grow on a daily basis. Those ads and stuff do work, but maybe in the future I'll, I'll utilize them to reach a bigger audience. But it's just something I've, I've never really looked at because I feel like organically I'm reaching the people that I need to reach. Was there anything specific when you said the first two years you wrote, had about 30,000 followers and then it just shot up to, to where you are right now? Is there anything in specific that you started doing differently there or... Was it just a snowball effect of getting to that tipping point and then exploding? It's a combination. I mean, just like working out, right, or anything you do, life is about repetition. The more you do something, the better you get at it. So I went from posting once every three days to posting once a day to posting two times a day. And each time you post, you see what works, what doesn't work, and you can kind of go off of that. And the bottom line is the more you post, the more exposure you'll have. So you have to keep 
that system going or else you're just going to get forgotten about like Instagram is so instant gratification that, you know, first you have to encapsulate them by the picture and then hope that they read the caption. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everything is, is a combination of getting a good picture, getting a high quality picture and photo or whatever, and then writing something of value in the, in the caption. The first two years were, were kind of like I wasn't necessarily as invested in it as I am now because I was working full time and, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't involved so much in the vegan community and, and everything else. And now it's just like, it's overtaking my life to where, I mean, it's a full-time job just being a content creator is a full-time job. Many people don't realize how much your life revolves around that, but it's a tool. It's a very effective tool, whether you're trying to build up a brand or build up yourself as an individual. And if done properly, you can really capitalize on it. So I haven't necessarily capitalized on it yet or to the extent that I want, but the resources are there for me now. I have a big question about that. But before that, you know, as a content creator, what, what you just mentioned being a full-time job, how does that look like in your life? When, when you go around, when, when you eat, how, how many hours out of the day does it take for you to look for opportunities for, for pictures that you can then utilize for, for your Instagram content. It becomes second nature, really. I'd imagine, second nature. Yeah. If you hang out with me for a day, you'd realize like, like how much work I put into it. Me and my girlfriend, Bianca, I mean, luckily I've been able to connect with somebody who does a very similar thing that I do or else I, I'm not sure it would, you know, it'd make a relationship very difficult because before we eat, we take pictures of our food <laughs> and not to the same extent that like a typical person would, you know what I mean? When I take my food, I write down what the ingredients were. I, I know exactly where we are. I think about, can I reach out to this restaurant and help promote them? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so much more that goes involved in just taking a picture of the food. And then you have to edit it. You have to post it. You have to make a caption. I mean, it takes work. And I'll do that several times throughout the day, whether I use it right then or not, I'll still get the content. Because if you don't have content, you don't have anything to post that you keep posting the same exact stuff, then people become disinterested very quickly. So, I mean, it's a full-time job. I'll wake up in the morning, I'll have my whole morning routine and everything else. And then think about my post, I'll make drafts for the day that way. Like normally when I do cardio nowadays, I'll do like drafts for different posts. And I'll basically make like two or three posts. And then just like, like you just saw me do before we had this this podcast I'm like oh i gotta post something and i just go online and click post yep and i'll do it again in a few hours but throughout the day i'm still getting content as well and it's probably right what you said that because bianca obviously is crushing it on instagram as well so the the two of you together must work very well because yeah. uh, you can take pictures of each other you don't mind if it takes yeah. another 15 minutes to to get the meal started yeah, we have an ongoing joke that the, the camera eats before we do. <laughs> the moment we get our food, our first instinct is to dive in. But then like, you know, even when we're with people, we'll be like, wait, 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 wait. Like we got to take photos. You know, it's just like understood that if you're eating with us, you're going to wait a little bit to eat your food because we're, we're not only going to take pictures of our food, we're going to ask to take pictures of your food if it looks good. <laughs> cool. It's like you have to take a photo on your phone for like Instagram or your Instagram story. Then you have to take maybe a photo on the professional camera and then you have to vlog about it saying, Hey, I just got my food. This is what I got. And 
afterwards, like once you're done, you just be like, Oh, this food was amazing. You know, you like talk about it too. So it's like, you have to let people know. So it's a whole process that people don't really think about until you witness it. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I was getting at is the, the bottom line of this, the, the engagement that, that you're getting, how does it convert? And we don't really need to go into details or talk numbers here, but um, now that you're launching vegan fitness, how do you see your social media following flowing over to, to that site? Well, I can tell you this. I've only made like one public announcement. Like I haven't utilized my channels at all to promote vegan fitness uh, because it's something that when I launch it, I want to go full force into promoting it and generate a big splash as far as signups and everything goes. But, you know, I've made like pretty much one post, me and my partner and, and Bianca, And we have almost like 10,000 emails. Already. Wow. So that's one post. From one single post on Instagram, you got 10,000 email subscribers. Okay. So for anyone who's not into internet or email marketing, that that's ridiculous. I mean, people spend thousands and thousands of dollars and months and years of hard work to get to 10,000 email subscribers. I mean, and realize too that we have a very good domain name. And that domain name is one of the top searches. So we get organically a lot of signups just organically from Google searches and different search engines. So that's a very good benefit of having the name veganfitness.com. Where did you get it? Did, did you own it before? No, that's a funny story. So we were, we were brainstorming for weeks on what to call this website because we wanted it to be clear what we were offering Every single name we thought of, domain was taken. And you're just like, you're kind of left with your hands up in the air. And you're like, what do I compromise here? Do I compromise the domain name or do I compromise the actual name of the company that we're trying to create? You know, which plays a big factor into creating awareness for your brand. And we had our options and we narrowed it down to a few. And vegan fitness was obviously one of our top vegan bodybuilding, vegan fitness. I mean, these things are like the most clearly defined business that you could get right it just clearly states what the business is about vegan bodybuilding was obviously taken i think robert cheek owns that and he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna give that up he had already established his brand and everything else and then a friend of ours owned it and he wasn't using it like a mutual friend and he gave us the 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 vegan discount i guess you could say <laughs> Because he understood what we were doing and he had that same mission whenever he owned the site and he wanted to create a similar platform that could help inspire thousands of people. So, you know, I'm sure that domain name was worth thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. But he was, he was gracious enough and nice enough to transfer that over to us because he understood that we weren't going to compromise the name and we were actually going to utilize it to, to do what he originally intended with it. Opportunity, universe, law of attraction, all that stuff is, it comes together. And I don't believe in coincidences. That's exactly what I was going to say, man. It's just another, another example of how things flow together. Yeah. Everybody always asks me, how'd you get that domain name? I said, the universe provided it for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Cool, man. So that's really awesome. And, um, I, I really like that we got a bit of a better behind the scenes look at, at how you're building this up and, and where you're taking it on that matter, where do you want to take this or better yet? What are your plans for the future? 
both personal and professional? Um, personal and professional are very much aligned. Uh, but first, I really want to invest my time into veganfitness.com and building that brand and building that website. And it's a much more than just a website. I want it to be a monumental shift in the fitness community to where people are becoming more conscious and not, not only conscious of what they're putting in their body, spiritually conscious, conscious of what they're doing in day-to-day activities and, and, you know, mind, body, and spirit and how that works synergistically to, to become the healthiest version of yourself. So that's what I'm really focused on doing initially with veganfitness.com. But we have, I mean, a, a ton of other plans for it as well, not just to be strictly a nutritional and training program website, but that's, that's in the future. We'll talk about that at another time. After that, I really want to get into public speaking more. And that's been, that's been a goal of mine is to, to write a book and to also attend public speaking engagements and get that one-on-one connection with an audience as opposed to this. See what I'm saying? So that's, that's ultimately my goal. And transcending the vegan bubble, I want to make vegan mainstream and reach that non-vegan audience because realistically, I mean, even though the vegan audience is growing, I mean, we're outnumbered by 98%, 99%, you know what I'm saying? Like, So if I can help shift that percentage point by public speaking, being in documentaries, using my platform and my voice, then that's what I ultimately want to do, whether it be a book you know, things of that nature. A lot of personal and professional goals that are kind of mixed together there. Well, I, I think you're making a very good start at it with what you just described. Thank you. Yeah, if only I knew where to start. Well, that's, you know, what any of us could say. If only I knew where to start. Yeah, you just have to start. Exactly. You know, that's something that I'm trying to apply more to my life as well, is that like I have these ideas, I have these I have a million ideas constantly going on in my head and too many times I'm like frozen by indecision. I'm like, Oh, that'd be awesome. But I don't know where to start. I don't know who to contact. And then lately I've just been like idea, action, idea, action, you know, just like contacting the right person or finding out how to do it and just, just starting it because you never know. I mean, what idea you could pass up that could be the next Uber or the next, whatever you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it may sound stupid on paper, but once you start doing it, you can, you can pick up some real steam behind it. So Yeah. Worst case scenario, you figure out what doesn't work and then you can actually move on without thinking, oh, if only I tried that. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I find out I'm a shitty writer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the same place where I was before, you know? So, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a big problem for you, man. No, I mean, I, I've got a lot to share. That's That's for sure. And... What I really have to share is, is like, like what I mentioned with you, the background of what makes me who I am and the life experiences that help shift me and help mold me. And I think a lot of people can resonate with that because there was so much of the time in my life where I just wanted to fit in and I was fighting who I was for the longest time. And then once I finally owned up to who I was, I, you know, I faced that truth that I was hiding and I was diminishing myself based off of other people's opinions. And once I, I let go of that, then my entire life took off and it took a whole new direction. If I could help other people come to that realization, then that's what I want to do. Yeah. I'll definitely buy that book. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it comes out. 
Yeah, I got one coffee folder, right? <laughs> Thanks, man. So to close this off, the standard question, the previous one was about your own plans for the future. Now, if if we take a broader look, um, what's your best case scenario vision for where we're headed as, as a race, as a planet? And um, of course, what's the role of the vegan movement and, and the industry in that? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I have this belief that as a generation, it's our duty and our responsibility to leave this place better than what we found it. And I feel like too many people put that responsibility on the backs of other other individuals. And what people don't realize is that we each share that responsibility and together you know, even if we make small changes, it makes a global impact. And like I mentioned before, you know, you've heard me speak before how much one person can make an impact just by eliminating certain products in your diet. And if everybody took that same approach, then not only would we, be, we become healthier as a society, not only would we be more conscious as a society, we'd also be, you know, we'd be saving the planet and we're at a time now where it's a pivotal point where there, that decision has to be made and some kind of change has to be made because what we've been doing is like we've been over consuming, over consuming to the point where it's like nobody's taking action and taking a step back and saying like, do we need to do this? Like we're on this train that this is going to crash, you know, at some point. And when do we hop off and when do we stop it? When do we make a change? So I think this generation is going to be the generation that does that. And more so the younger generation than me, maybe 10, 15 years younger than myself, because they're going to realize that like veganism is going to be a lot more mainstream. You're not going to feel as judged. You know, 15 year olds are, are saying that they're vegan now. It takes a lot of personal strength to do that and stand up against your social peers. And before not many people would have made that choice, but now that celebrities are doing it, now that more people are coming forth and saying, Hey, we're vegan for this reason, this reason, and this reason, it makes sense. And it's easy to become a part of something when there's more people involved. I truly believe within the next 20 years, maybe the whole world will be vegan or there'll be such a shift to where the sustainability of our diets, especially will be heavily plant-based and whether that be faux meat or whatever, whatever they decide to come up with, that's going to be the difference because you've seen earthlings, you've seen those movies where it shows how much of a difference factory farming and animal agriculture affects the, the planet, how much resources it takes, how much space it takes, how much deforestation it causes. And I mean, what better solution than just start by eating less meat? It's so simple. It is. And that was a great closing. And um, I love your vision and Thank you so much for doing the steps and you know leading the way in in a sense because you're you're right what what you're doing here is creating ripples so um thanks for that and thanks for letting us look into what's um, what's happening behind the scenes of all of it Thank you I appreciate you having me and I hope that uh I hope that somebody gets something out of this this podcast you know, I'm a lot of really very sure they will Great. Nimai, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day. Cool. So that was pro vegan bodybuilder and Instagram rock star Nimai Delgado on episode 51 of the Plant-Based Entrepreneur Show. 
In case you're wondering where to catch him or learn more about his new website, the links are all online if you go to theplantbasedentrepreneur.com forward slash show forward slash episode 051. You'll find all the social media channels, the vegan fitness site, everything else we discussed today, plus, of course, our timestamped show notes for this episode. I also want to thank everyone who's been providing feedback by email as we make changes to the plant-based entrepreneur website. So if you have anything to share or any comments about this episode or what we're doing in general, you can always reach out to me on jerry at theplantbasedentrepreneur.com. And to wrap this up, I want to take a moment to reflect on one Nimai mentioned in this interview about ripple effects and making a change. If you have an idea that you believe can change the world or move the needle for everyone, don't hold yourself back by thinking that one person can't make a difference. They definitely can, and so can you. So go and start. Let yourself be awesome. And remember, the future is plant-based. <music>